Welcome to The Drift, your resource on all things business strategy, entrepreneurship, and leadership. I'm your host, Aloiza, and today's guest is Jen Sigmund, Chief Revenue Officer at WellBeats. Jen has been instrumental to WellBeats' continued growth and business success, leading the sales and marketing team and guiding the overall growth strategy. Outside of WellBeats, Jen is actively involved in the community and with business leadership organizations, being a member of the Women's Leadership Council, serving on the board of directors for Hope Kids, and also volunteering in her community and other capacities. I'm so excited to introduce you all. So without further ado, welcome, Jen. Hi, welcome. Thank you for having me. Appreciate being here. Absolutely. I'm so excited for able for us to be able to go ahead and dive in. So with that said, uh, can you share with us a little background on yourself and what got you started? Sure. Sounds great. So I have always been in kind of the broad health, wellness, and beauty space. Um, I started my career uh, for about 11 years. I was in professional beauty. And so I've always sold from B to B to C. Um, so through distribution channels or retailers like Ulta uh, to really get to that end consumer. And what I really loved about that space is that there was such an emotional connection there with products. People love their products. And we found that our purpose really was to help people create inner and outer beauty. And so when they use products and they look better, they felt better. And that's where I really love that connection between that emotional, um, the, the emotions of people just by using simple products. Uh, I was there for about 11 years and then we had a successful exit to a strategic partner and thought it was ready. I was ready for a new adventure. So I stumbled across WellBeats, uh, which is a on-demand fitness, mindfulness, and nutrition uh, vendor. And I just loved what they were doing. It, for me, sparked that same emotional connection. Um, people love and get connected to uh, physical activity and classes and instructors. And then when they really start feeling better physically, they're also feeling better emotionally and mentally too. So really just loved bringing that all together. Yeah, and I think you're touching on almost like this broader landscape of what health and wellness ultimately define it means now. Um, I, th- I think traditionally in the past, there was this very focused uh, viewpoint of what health and wellness was. And it was just really the traditional workout, right? Um, I think it's interesting too, especially in a, I'd love to say quote unquote post pandemic world, even though we're still in the pandemic, <laughs> it's still in the pandemic, but you know, the, the pandemic definitely taught us or at least fast tracked the industry to be able to take a look at health and wellness in a more holistic way. And thinking about ways that we can more effectively deliver health and wellness to consumers wherever they may be. Hence now like the virtual fitness space, the connected fitness space, all these incredible dimensions have now started to arise and and become really great, not only solutions to the community, but category leaders too, which is interesting. And I think to my understanding too, when you and I first connected, um, WellBeats had already been part of this transition for quite some time. And this is a perfect example. Whereas you guys already had the traditional hardware, but you were already starting to take a look at the cloud-based solutions and creating that connection so that way the consumers felt like they were part of the WellBeats experience, both um, perhaps in club, in fitness programs, or in fitness club partners, um, but then also wherever they may be. So can you talk about that specifically, or perhaps even any prior learnings that WellBeats had experienced in, in gaining this adoption and then ultimately going through a digital transformation? Yeah, absolutely. So we have a really rich history. Uh, WellBeats, I guess, could be considered the pioneer in virtual fitness. Uh, We were started in 2008, and I was thinking about 2008 myself earlier today, and I'm like, where 
what kind of technology did I have? I probably had a flip phone or maybe a BlackBerry, but I definitely didn't have a smart device that I had today. Um, so we were started by a couple of gym owners that uh, wanted to be able to provide either cycling or yoga classes to their members 24 hours a day. And so what they what happened was they had some members that were bringing in DVDs to their multi-purpose room and playing like a Tybo class or something like that. And they got a cease and desist letter and said, you can't use these CDs or DVDs for um, commercial use. And they thought, hey, there's an idea here. There's a business. And so they started filming classes, I think, in their garage. It's kind of that garage story. Um, and then they partnered with someone to help build basically a computer. It was a kiosk that they would put in their gyms and someone could go up, select which yoga class they wanted, and it would play on uh, this projector screen. And so um, really started rolling it out to, at first, health clubs and gyms, and then really corporate fitness centers, the U.S. military. Uh, there was a preferred vendor partnership there, but it was very hardware-based. Um, fast forward to about 2015, uh, we, that's when I started, and they were just starting on a new path to really bring everything to the cloud and become digital. Um, knew there was huge opportunity in places like corporate well-being and for employee benefits. And so how do we really try to capture those new markets and really advance our technology? So we started with um, when we were building a market research study. So we looked at both qual and quant and really got to know in the employer space, both the employer, the buyer, the employee, the user, and then influencers like brokers and consultants. Like what is important in this well-being space, especially around physical well-being? And what we really found was that what they wanted was something very easy to use. It had to be extremely easy. Um, it needed to be very accessible. So um, put it on my laptop, put it on my phone, put it on my TV. I just want it right here. Uh, they wanted variety. So something for everyone in their population, uh, because we know that everyone is very different. Everyone has different interests, different needs, different ability levels. Um, so making sure that that variety is there and then make it personalized. So for the user, serve up the content that I want to see. I want to see all the other stuff. So making sure that you're building a platform that has that personalization in there. So we started um, really building around those four, those four core tenets. Um, what we found quickly thereafter is that approachability was very important too. So making sure it was very relatable, very authentic, using instructors that look like real people versus fitness models, making sure it really meets the needs of broad populations. You are touching definitely on a lot of really interesting points here, which I think What's wonderful is that you just mentioned it. Wellbeats has been thinking about this process for quite some time and truly pioneering what this strategy or what this industry could look like future facing. And for those who actually are currently now in this space, um, they're starting to they they actually are starting to see those elements come to life and bringing those elements in a way that makes the most meaningful impact for their current business models and trying to find like, the perfect balance between the two. So, you know, an interesting topic right now is everybody is wondering is what's what's going to happen in the future, right? Is this here to stay? And I think Wellbeats and yourself can lend such an interesting perspective because you've seen it, right? You've seen the transition, you've seen the migration, um, this mass, mass like promotion of an adoption of omni-channel programming. So in this new age, and I'm assuming that too, that you guys are, are tapping into a lot of different, really interesting kind of like research studies and pilots, what are you seeing are indicators per se to prove that this model, this sort of omni-channel digital program, digital environment is a, a not only ultimate solution, but more of a sustainable solution for consumers? 
Well, it's definitely here to stay. And uh, we know it from all the research that's out there that people want to have that flexibility. They want to be able to do it on their own time when they want. Um, so it's, it's very ripe for the future and what people are, how they want to consume content or, you know, how they want to be physically active or, um, you know, learn how to cook even. So, um, we know that, we know that it's there from all the research that's there. Uh, so I'm, I'm really excited that we're able to really, um, instead of looking at things in pieces, start to bring things together. So really looking at whole person health and the trends around that. So it's not just about working out or it's not just about doing a mindfulness class or eating healthy. They're all really interconnected. So it's really about that whole person. Mm, And thinking along those lines too, when you're thinking about the whole human and connecting with the person itself, what's interesting about the health and wellness industry alone is that we are able to form such dynamic micro communities and bringing people together in a way that not only keeps and holds people accountable to their health and wellness goals, but it creates that third space, right? It creates that that secondary family for them, which is so incredible. And I think I, I may be a little bit biased because I didn't start off in digital fitness. I started off in brick and mortar fitness. Um, but it's interesting to see how communities are now being formed, especially in the digital age. So in your perspective, what are you seeing? Are there any interesting, any interesting dynamics on communities that are formed in the digital world versus the traditional brick and fitness world? What does that look like? Yeah, the communities are important anywhere. And so we're seeing it in the digital world as well, that that social community layer is incredibly important for engagement. And people like to do things together and they want to have affinity groups and um, they want to be able to feel like they belong. And so, you know, making sure that you give them the ability to do that. So um, one way we've looked at it is how do you create social components to your, your product so that people can do things together? And so whether that be, you know, take a yoga class at the same time together and be able to comment to each other um, or schedule something like a mindfulness break for your whole company in the middle of the day. So everyone takes a five minute breathing exercise so that, you know, that it's relieving stress and making them feel better. So a lot of different ways that they can really create those affinity groups or that community feeling through a digital platform. Mm. Yeah, I love all of this. So with that being said then, so we're kind of talking about the communities or the individuals that are already part of the health and wellness space. I want to be able to take a look and, and get your perspective on the outsiders, right? The people that aren't necessarily part of the space yet or maybe just be curious. Um, I think right now the interesting statistic is that only about 20% of Americans are currently affiliated with the fitness solution, which for you and me who have been in health and wellness for so long, it is so hard to believe that there's that many that we still have that much of an opportunity. So diving into a little bit actually more into Wellbeats and the solution that Wellbeats offers, I think what's interesting among very many things is that Wellbeats in itself has found a really great kind of pathway to be able to engage with consumers through a, like human resources that have benefits, kind of what that B2B health consumer kind of like health benefits perspective. So do you see this to be a, a kind of like a really great pathway to tap into that additional 80% of Americans? And if so, what does that look like? Yeah, that's a great question. And we see that as well on our side. Um, and our goal is to hit that 80%. And so it's interesting because we, I've talked about the approachability um, aspect and how important that is. That has become key in our strategy to really reach that 80%. And so making sure there's something for every age, every interest level, every ability level. Um, I mean, we have classes that range from traditional fitness exercises like yoga or Pilates or cycling 
to really unique things like um, getting ready for your golf season. So maybe you're a golfer or, um, you know, you're a skier. So let's do some strength training for skiing. Um, so really trying to get kind of granular too. So you can create that interest and that spark. Um, or maybe they just want to get started through a healthy recipe for their family. And so can we engage them first with that healthy recipe and then start dripping more and more content to them? Or even a five-minute breathing session or a stretch break or something that just helps create that pathway to make it really non-intimidating and non-threatening and easy and accessible. Um, we actually, we do a intake survey at the beginning when you first log into our app. And one of the questions we ask is, how fit do you consider yourself? And what we found is that 82% of our users, and we have about 2.4 million users, um, consider themselves not fit. And so it's, they're just getting started. They're getting going in their journey, which is incredible. And that's what we want to see is how do we reach that 80%? That's exactly right. What's fascinating too, because I'm almost like hearing more of like the, the sales and marketing expertise in you too. What I, I found very refreshing is that traditionally we always thought of more of like that top of the funnel, you know, the, the traditional um, marketing tactics. And in my experience, we probably could have just been doing it wrong too, just <laughs> listening to you. But, you know, we used to always think of only a very specific way to be able to attract consumers. But the way that you're in, you're speaking to how you're catering that initial kind of like market entry and initial like product entry for the consumer is through engaging them in so many different types of modalities, right? Is that right? So you're kind of talking about if you want to do cooking, if you want to do mindfulness, and I'm assuming then with that being said, you're probably seeing it to be a much, I guess, easier transition for consumers to tap into the other realms of fitness. Is that right? Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. So if, if we can get them engaged in our platform, um, it's much easier to introduce more content to them. And um, they can see that it's, it's an easy pathway. You know, maybe it's starting with a three or five minute session in something else, um, or there's education around it. So maybe a tutorial where, let me just learn about it first. Um, let me get a little bit more comfortable. And, you know, yoga can be intimidating for someone. So let me actually learn what I'm doing before, right. before I jump right into a class and hurt myself. So, um, you know, making those bite-sized steps so that people can really, really progress in their journey. I love this. My goodness. I'm like always like reflecting back to, especially in the traditional brick and mortar space, the hardest part is walking into the studio. The hardest part is walking to the front door. So how can we make it just a little bit easier for them? And especially in the digital environment now too, I think it kind of opens up the opportunity even more, right? Yeah, absolutely. And it's breaking down every barrier. So, you know, the number one barrier for people is time. Um, a lot of it's time or I'm afraid, I'm intimidated, all of those things that you were just talking about. Um, so digital is great because <laughs> It's easy to squeeze five minutes into your day. Um, you can do it from anywhere. Right. Or it's not as intimidating because you're not walking into a studio full of people. Um, there's It's educational based so that you can learn about it. And that's it's not as scary. So, And then you can mm. create affinity groups. There's still the ability to create that community there. Yeah, that definitely makes sense. Well, along those same lines then, you know, thinking about almost like the broader state of health and wellness. I think it was back in early in 2021, um, McKinsey and Company had actually released such a fascinating report on how consumers have truly evolved their thought processes on the category of health and wellness. And now it's a truly multidimensional approach to well-being. So we're taking a look at all these different facets, and you're actually just touching on too on a con with content. Um, 
It's about the mental opportunities, physical, emotional, getting better sleep, eating the right things. So with that being said, do you have any perspectives on the connection between these these verticals? Like how is there an opportunity to be able to make it a little bit easier, at least a bit more simplified for consumers to come into the health and wellness space, regardless of the dimension that they want to focus on? Yeah, I think it's being able to interconnect things and realizing that one, if you do one thing in one pillar of well-being, it affects the other pillars, and um, it's about your overall person and and self. And so, uh, you know, trying to find those connections, I think, is really important. Uh, one thing we talk about on our sales team is that we talk about that interconnection between physical and mental, and it's so important. And that by being getting that physical element or exercise, it helps you both feel better as as a person and be better physically, but then also mentally too. Um, there's a study that Harvard did actually where um, they found that for every 10 days of exercise, for some people it can reduce depression similar to an antidepressant. And so it's a way that you know you can see that connection forming. So it's not for everyone. Obviously, some people definitely need antidepressants, but it could be a gateway for some others that they wouldn't need to to have that. Oh, that's fascinating. And that definitely is going to provide such a I guess cultural shift will probably be something, but it's almost just like a a thought process shift because if we can make fitness, health and wellness, one, fun, right? A lot of times it is fun nowadays too. I think we've definitely started to go through that. But um, I, I think you're really just touching on almost like this overarching theme of in order for us to connect with consumers a little bit more, in order for us to create those deeper rooted connections, we've got to create and and make health and wellness become more accessible and meeting the consumers where they are. Is that right? Absolutely. Yeah. It's so important is, you know, everyone's journey is a little bit different and you have to meet them where they're at. Yeah. Well, with that being said, I'd love to know what excites you the most about the, the future of health and wellness. Oh, I think it's so exciting. I, it's you can see things starting to come together more and more. And um, you know, as we started adding more fitness or nutrition and mindfulness, you know, we're continuing to add more and more, and it's really becoming so much more interconnected versus the pillars of the past. And so, I'm really excited to see where the future of the overall industry, well-being industry, goes and how they continue to evolve it. Oh, that's wonderful. Well, final question for you. If you could give advice to a young woman that is designed to be a future entrepreneur or executive, what would you share with them? Oh, great question. Um, I definitely would tell them to be hungry for for knowledge, learn, um, you know, continue to ask questions and learn as much as you can. And then don't be afraid to ask for a mentor. Um, I think in my past, you know, it can be intimidating to ask someone that, but usually they're pretty flattered and they want to help. And so, you know, don't be afraid to ask for great mentors in your life uh, because they can really help you along the way. Wonderful. Well, thank you, Jen, for your time. And as mentioned, make sure to check out WellBeats, the premier on-demand fitness and wellness provider that delivers classes, workout plans, fitness assessments, goodness, so much more to users anytime, anywhere. Looking to hear more what's happening in the health, wellness, and sports industry? Subscribe to this podcast and we'll catch you next time on The Drift.